Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Thank you for listening to Spin, the rally pod, brought to you by Dirtfish Rally School. For your chance to experience life behind the wheel of a rally car, head to drive.dirtfish.com to find the course that's right for you. What are you waiting for? We're right here waiting for you. Hello, quick interlude before we dive into today's podcast. It's Luke Barry here with an apology for the lack of quality of audio recording on my end. The microphone failed. I did the test. Everything worked. But when it came down to it, it just didn't quite work out. We didn't, unfortunately, have time to re-record a podcast. So it is listenable, but unfortunately, the quality of, of my recording isn't quite as clear as that of George's or Colin's. But no matter, it's a great episode, this one. A Rally Japan preview of sorts with plenty more besides. Let's get into it. Well, hello once again, Dirtfish Rally friends. It's that time of week, isn't it? It's Spin the Rally Pod. Thank you very much for joining us. Once again, my name is Colin Clark, and joining me this time on Spin the Rally Pod, well, you know, as always nearly these days, it is the editor of Darkfish.com, it's Luke Barry. Luke, a good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Colin, and I'm going to say again, correct pronunciation, so well done. I'm impressed. I did some homework beforehand. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote it down, genuinely. I thought, I cannot get it wrong again. I'm honoured. I can't get it wrong. So I wrote it down. (laughs) It's in front of me in big writing, Luke Barry, B-A-R-R-Y. Luke, how are you? How are things up in Scotland? Not too bad. I was... Just before we started recording, I was trying to essentially complain about how cold it was until we heard how much cold it was for our other guests further up the country from me. Um, can I pass it over to him, Colin? That's your job. But I'm going to say, Mr. George Donaldson. George, hello. That's not my name. I'm George Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Always have been. I just put Donaldson on it for the hell of it. It's all been revealed now. <laughs> George, I, I've, I've occasionally succumbed to calling you Donaldson George. Because that's your name on Twitter stroke X, isn't it? Yeah. So I well, get as you remember, as well. Colin, I very reluctantly went onto Twitter. I did not want to do it. It was just you kept posting no. things that you insisted that I looked at. So mm. I went onto it and, and I didn't. I mean, that was, that was quite early in Twitter, I think, wasn't it? When, it was, yeah. Yeah, so I, I didn't understand about putting special names in it and everything. And you'd stolen <laughs> voice of Raleigh. So, so you know, the intelligence of rally or whatever it might have been would have seemed a little bit um, um, uh, fatuous or, or arrogant. So I chose just put my name as Donaldson George. And I, I mean, I, I didn't mean that to be. It just it just came out like that. Yeah, there we go. Mm. Uh, there we go. Now, uh, talking about social media, if anyone in the last few days has seen my social media, uh, not just mine, obviously, um, but uh, a lot of social media in the last few days has really been looking back 20 years. To where we all were, maybe not you, Luke, because you'd have been very, very little at the time. 
I was, uh, I was at home in my living room, is where I was, Colin. I actually can remember it, but right, listen to the spotlight, I was in my living room. So nowhere exotic. I know where I can shout proper good memories of. <laughs> crawling across the living room floor, I would imagine. You might have just been past the crawling point 20 years ago, I guess. Just about, I think, yeah. I was at primary <laughs> school, so if I was still crawling then, I was wondering. Well, certainly myself and George and, and many of our friends and uh, at the time contemporaries were down in South Wales. We were at that, that interesting service park on the side of the M5 in Philindra. But we were celebrating something very, very special. It was the emergence of Peter Solberg as one of Rallying's greats. And George, it was quite some week, wasn't it? You were absolutely centrally involved in all that went on that week. And there was quite a bit of strategic thinking, if I, I remember back correctly, because quite a battle between yourself with Petter and Citroen with Loeb that week. Uh, I've got, I can't remember all the details, Colin. It was like that every event, as you know. So they all meld into one. And it disappoints me greatly that, that you keep pointing out things that happened and I, and I have a less recall than you have of them. But we just had so many of them. It was always such a battle, such a fight to get every last little ounce of performance out of the driver, out of the team, uh, making sure that everything was right. The job just never stopped. Yeah, It was great yeah, fun. You know, I loved every minute of it. To be honest with you, what I was referring to there was was the fact that Loeb basically was told, uh, more or less before the rally started, uh, yeah, you know, if you can win this rally, win it. But the most important thing for us this weekend is that you score the manufacturer's points and we win the manufacturer's battle. Uh, and, and there's a suggestion, in fact, I think it's been more or less confirmed that, that he, he got his wings clipped on that rally. He would have, remember, he was, he was battling for the title. If he'd won the event, he probably would have won the championship for the first time this, that year. Um, but he was told by his team bosses under absolutely no circumstances can you, can you fight flat out because if you risk at all the manufacturer's title, that'll be it, you'll be off. Yeah, it seems strange that he could, he could be he, somebody so fabulous and already apparently so fabulous could be told that and treated like that. But there it is. Mm. There it is. Yeah. I'm sure it That's was it as was. well. So, I'm sure it was. You know, George, it, it, it is hard to believe it's 20 years ago. And, and as I say, on my social, I've, I've found some pictures of uh, you and I from that event 20 <laughs> years ago. We, we were in very different positions then. I, I was working with the sponsor of the, the Subaru team and you were working as, as the sporting director of the yep. team. I was. Um, yeah, that was my last. I think that was my last event as sporting director. Uh, and do you know what? It was my last event as as the five 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 representative as well. My last yeah. event. I, so I think I left. I went off to work. I went off to work with the with the, our Japanese colleagues directly in Japan after that, and ProDrive knew nothing about it. It was quite funny, really. Yeah. Here we go. There, there are so many more stories to tell there, George. Oh, yeah, there's some uh, great funny stories, actually, in that, in that but, little lot. But do, do you know, one of my... I've got many abiding memories of that, that week, or big memories, but probably the abiding memory was driving back along the M5 towards the team hotel. So we, we'd, you know, the event had finished in Margham Park, hadn't it? And, and those great scenes in Margham Park with Solberg and, and Phil celebrating on the car, and it was, it, was, it was just tremendous. It was just such a wonderful atmosphere there. But I remember then driving back towards the team hotel, and the team hotel was in Cardiff. And it was that, what was the name of that place, Josh? Just off the, the M5, the hotel. Big place, not, not in the centre of Cardiff. Well, big, cannot, big hotel on the roundabout. I, I, know, I know exactly where you are, but I cannot recall the name of it at all. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to think. If you asked me where remember, it was I, in South Wales, I could tell you 
uh, sorry, in uh, North Wales, going going back going back a lot further. I can remember the hotel we used to use there, the Park yeah. Hotel, but that was back in the nineties. But I cannot no. remember that hotel. The, the, the hotels we had with ProDrive were never that fabulous or or um, uh, or or noteworthy as a rule. No, I I think this one was was more functional. It was in the right place. It was yeah, right on the motorway. Absolutely. And what I remember is, is driving back along the motorway and and Solberg and Mills. I, I don't remember exactly how how it worked with time controls and all the rest, but they were they were all going maybe. Oh yeah, I think the I think the. Uh, the podium ceremony was in Cardiff, so they were all driving mm -hmm. back along the motorway. And I just remember, nearly every motorway bridge had fans on it, and there were so many mm -hmm. flags, Subaru flags, Norwegian flags. You know, if you'd driven along the M5 that day, you could not have missed the fact that there was a rally going on in South Wales. And, you know, that was the, really the last time I remember, uh, well, the one and only time I remember those kind of crowds. And that's kind of what Solberg did for the sport. At that, in that era, at that time, George. Yeah, he was. He was. He look. He was. He was popular and he was effective. What can you say? Um, he was. He was. Uh, he, he was. He was such a character. I mean, he was. He is such a character. You know, he's. He's not. He's not really changed. I, I speak to Peter. You know, every every WRC rally I've gone to this year, which I think is, I think I've been to. Have I been to three, Colin? I think you have, certainly, George. Certainly been, been to joy. two. Certainly been to yeah. two. Um, and and uh, you know Peter Peter's been uh, at, at both. It's been lovely to see him. In fact, <laughs> I, I bailed him. Out. I mean, I rescued him at one point in Kenya the, this year as well, which is another <laughs> funny story. Another one to have at the pub. I, a great story which I cannot repeat. Uh, I mean, Dirtfish wouldn't allow me to publish publish it, but um, uh, I, I would certainly happily tell the tale in 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 the pub. And and Petter and Pernilla took great delight when I shared what what our perceptions of who was trying to flag us down. <laughs> it was Jeez. quite a hit. It was Jeez, quite. George, a hit. That, that, you're teasing us with that. Look, you know, when, when we think back twenty years and we think back to that that wonderful day, uh, Margam Park and and the wonderful final podium there in Cardiff. It, it, the future was so bright for Petter Solberg, wasn't it? And and I don't think anyone on that day in Cardiff saw complete domination for the next years next nine years coming from Sebastian Loeb. I think we all expected Solberg mm. to be winning more titles, to be right up there challenging. We didn't see at that point, Luke, the domination coming from Citroen. No, it's a good point to raise, actually. I guess the warning sign was there, given how close Loeb was. It was just yeah. a point in the end, wasn't it? But you're right. I think if you'd have said that, I don't know how many rally wins Petter got after that, but it can't have been that many. None. How good Loeb was. Um, he had, he, a few a in, he, he, he had a, a few in 04 or 5, didn't he? But he did. You're right. Not, not in 5. No, in 5 he didn't. Uh, Mexico. Mexico 5 he won. Mexico yeah. 5 yeah. was so, the last one. So, yeah, he had got a couple more. So, if, if you'd have said at that moment when he just become the world's best rally driver, officially the world's best rally driver, that lot was coming from, you'd have been like, nah. Because Petal lost none of his skill. <laughs> that was anything to do with how good Solberg was. It was just to do with how brilliant Loeb and Citroen were. But... Just to go backwards a little bit, if I may, just on the fan aspect of Petter, I remember this so clearly. I'm saying I don't have interesting memories, but what's interesting for me is as a young Scottish rally fan, Petter was my hero, not Carl McRae. It was Petter Solberg. Mm. And I think that's quite telling. Now, it's probably a generational thing. If I'd been a bit older, I suspect that wouldn't have been the case because I have more memories of 95 or anything else. But Petter just was the guy. Everybody wanted to be like Solberg. He was just this big bundle of energy, so passionate, so happy when he won. It was 
just an incredible story. And as you're saying, it makes me feel old that that's 20 years ago. So I don't like having memories of 20 years ago. <laughs> it makes me feel like time's going too fast. But yeah, it was it was quite something that that ended up being. Well, actually, it's 2004 wasn't bad. I think from 05 onwards, when Lob really just took hold of the WRC and ran away with it, yeah. bar a couple of years where going home ran him close. But yeah, mm-hmm. quite, quite quite something. But I think really, really great that, in a way, instruction or not, I think Petrus Lob would have won that rally anyway. Although Lob, the way form he was in at the end of that year, I think this championship was always going to be his. And it's great that he got it because the world where Petrus Lob wasn't a world rally champion feels like a yeah. sad world to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with you totally. I, I don't, I don't think that it's fair to put any kind of question mark over that win in that title because you know, South Wales was Petis Albert country, wasn't it? You know, he was adopted by the locals. He had Phil Mills sitting next to him. Pro Drive had such a wonderful following in that part of the world. It, it, he felt as comfortable there as he felt anywhere in the World Rally Championship, perhaps bar Sweden. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you totally. He was going to win that. And it was such a shame that there was, you know, this... this because I, I remember at the time thinking, this is just sour grapes from Citroën. Real sour grapes. I remember thinking, it's not fair. You know, you, you, you're because it was never confirmed. They never actually came out and said, nah, nah, we're holding him back. We, we're not letting him push. And it was like, nah, you know, you're, you're not playing fair. You're, you're, you're doing something here which is almost detracting from the spectacle. And the spectacle is mm. this wonderful emergence of Solberg as a new generation because he very much, you know, that new generation was was just beginning to show itself with Solberg, with Loeb, with Marco Martin, mm. uh, different drivers, different characters, different driving styles. And they were, you know, the old guard, the Mackinans, the Gronholms were beginning just to be pushed aside for this emerging new talent. And at the time I thought, oh, Colin, that's Colin, just Marcus Gronholm was not pushed aside. He, he kept winning rallies for many, many years. Yeah, yeah, and no, he was no, the George, only one I'd that challenged. I'd agree with you. Maybe yeah. Gronholm is the one that kind of straddled the two years. He only that, got, that was his, he only got his proper factory drive at the end of uh, 19... Yeah. Was it the end yeah. of 1999? Yeah. He straddled, he straddled those yeah. generations more yeah, or less, did. didn't he, Marcus? And he that, did, that's yeah. unfair of me to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as I say, I thought, I thought Citroen's kind of you know, PR tactics at the time were just a little bit, a little bit naughty. But that wouldn't be the first yeah. time no, that they wouldn't. were accused of that sort of thing. And, you know, George, it is, it is at times... About the psychology of it, isn't it? And, and we've yeah, seen some yeah. great teams, some great team bosses, some yeah. great drivers exploiting the advantage yeah. they can get from the psychological approach. Well, I remember pulling such a flanker with, with Sebastian Loeb. Um, I had his phone number. He'd, he'd given me his phone number. I said I want to talk to him about drives. I presume, I think that must have been in 2003 when Tommy was leaving. We knew Tommy was leaving at the end of 2003. That was his last year. Wasn't that, I'm right saying that, I'm going to tell you, yes. Yeah, George, that's this Tommy, is the thing that's Tommy often retired. overlooked. Yeah. That, that event um, in GB was Tommy's yeah. last event. That's right. The Golden so, Boots event. We made a play, we made a pro drive. Yeah, a pro drive, David Lapworth and myself and, and um, the managing director, Nick Fry, made a play for Sebastian Loeb, which was fabulous. And, and Seb very kindly, and I just walked, I just caught him quietly at one point. Said, "Seb, can I just grab your number just to give you a call and speak to you about potentially uh, a drive with 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 uh, with Subaru?" And he said, "Oh, I'm pretty settled at Citroen, but here's here's my number anyway." And I, I wrote down his number and he said, "Give me a call." But honestly, George, I'm quite settled. So I gave him a call and um, yeah, had a, had a lovely long chat with him. Probably talked for about twenty twenty five minutes. 
and I said, look, do you mind if I just, you know, maybe in the next few days have a think about it? And I know you're saying no right now, but let us just present a few things to you. Don't close the door on us. And he said, well, you know, Citroen have kind of given me all my start, George. And I said, I understand that, but you've only got so many years of driving. You've got to give yourself a t- you know, if, if I was your manager, I'd be telling you to, to, to you know, to, to speak to, to everyone, you know, find out what's on offer. And anyway, he agreed to another phone call, which I made from uh, David Latworth's office, I think, or Nick Fry's office. And it was conference call. I conducted the call. Everyone was introduced. And uh, and we chatted to him. And, and he he'd said uh, he talked to his management, which was basically his accountant and his dad. And I think that was it. That's who basically looked after him, I think. And um, he said that. And I said, I said, well, look, I've got a, you know, a proposal here that's got your name on it. And I would like to come here. I'd like to come and see you and just go through it. And uh, I, had, I had Nick Fry nodding his head saying, yes, absolutely, try and go and see him. And it hadn't been prearranged. As, as I recall, I wasn't prearranged. But I was told to make a good play for him. And, and, and uh, Seb said, look, really appreciate the offer, but, you know, I'm going to stick with the loyalty. And I said, look, totally understand that, but you've got my phone number. If you want to think about it... Uh, I'll come across and see you, you know, any day you want, um, sort it out. And uh, he said, great, thanks very much. See you in the next rally. Fine, lovely, party friends. And uh, about three years later, he called me up and said, George, could you actually come and see me tomorrow? He said, because the next day he was meant to be going up to Citroen to sign a contract. And obviously he'd spoken to a few people and they said, why don't you just look and see what they've got to offer? So... Uh, we ended up going in, in uh, David Richards' private jet across to Hagenau. Well, well, I guess we, we flew into that airport just to the south of it. Went off to meet... Um, Seb, Seb Loeb came and met us at, at, a, at a, a, a hotel near the airport we'd arranged. And I remember sliding... Uh, maybe I've told you this story before. Maybe I've shared it with uh, with our audience. I'm not sure, and I, I apologise if I have. I, I, no, George, I've heard it, but you've not shared it. It's one of my favourite stories. Okay. Keep going. So, well, <laughs> I, I'm, 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 maybe I shouldn't be sharing this, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it at this point. I've gone this far. So we, we met, and it was... It was we we organised coffee and tea, and we're chatting, and uh, um, Dave, Dave Richards uh, uh, and Nick Fry both made sort of little pitches and uh, it was quite interesting because Seb obviously, I mean, I'd got Seb excluded from Monte Carlo Rally, for goodness sakes, you know, a 10-minute penalty. I mean, why was he so nice to me? But but he was. I mean, that was, he was just the most, he is just the most fabulous guy. Anyway, um, he was, you know, the next day, and he, and he said to us, he said, yeah, after the pitches, he said, well, actually, guys, um, I am actually going to... Uh, Citroen tomorrow just to basically you know formalize a, a, a three-year contract so I had the contract down on the table I was sitting next to him Dave Richards and and um, uh, Nick Fry were opposite and we're looking through the contract and I said look you know here's all the duties so we've got you down for 18, 18 media days he said well what are they and I said well typically you would go to Japan and you would do a tour of Japan I said that that's actually great fun you, you'll do three or four hours work a day. We'll get lovely meals, lunches, dinners. You'll see a bit of Japan. It's a bit of a tourist trip. I'll come with you or somebody will come with you to chaperone you so you're not just left on your own. You've always, you'll always be managed and looked after. Um, and, and, you know, it'll be, typically that'll be, you know, 10 or 12 of your, of your, your days will be that. Um, and then it's just, you know, PR events here and there. 
showed him went through all the travel aspects and everything yeah yeah okay he said yeah this is this is pretty good assured him it would be good fun which of course at pro drive it would have been good fun the team was quite focused and uh, and then I said, so, so here's the and here's the contract. So I flipped over to the contract page, the remuneration page, and I was I said, so you know, well, there's the fee. So I said, this is a, this is a. I think I, I went through. The, I said, well, there's the fee. I said, but we'll go through all the bonuses, and I went through all the bonus structure with them. So you know, you know, if, if you if you win six rallies, you know, your salary goes up exponentially, and it's already you know a good number, and and I said, so so there's and I went back to the front. And I said, so. It's a two-year contract with an option for a third year, and you know we've written in we've written in on the options that you know if you're world champion we can exercise our option for you to stay. Uh, if you're not, we can exercise our option for you to stay, but with an increment, and you know a negotiation. So you know that's how it works. And he looked at the number at the top and he said, "Well, he said he said is that fee at the top is that for three years or for just the two years?" <laughs> Well, it, it was the annual fee. Yeah, <laughs> it was the annual fee. So I said to him, it was the annual fee. And of course, I'm looking at him sideways. And David Latworth and Nick Fry said his face when I said that betrayed what the reality was. Uh, uh, now, I don't know what he was being paid at Citroën, but I do know it was a fraction, a fraction of what we were offering him. We were offering him what? Marcus was being paid, what Richard Burns was being paid, what Peter Solberg was being paid, what Tommy had been paid. And, you know, it's big money, many, many millions of euros. Um, uh, single figures, I hasten to add, but, but a lot of money. And he was getting paid just nothing by comparison. So <laughs> anyway, the, the meeting finished and I said, look, you can keep this contract, Seb. Um, it's and, and I got David to sign it. So David, or is it Nick Fry? Nick Fry, I think, signed it. I just said, Nick, you, you signed this just now. I said, I'll give that to you. I've, look, I've got the date on it. That's valid for a week. But if you're telling me you're going to Citroen tomorrow and you're going to sign, then just put it in the bin. Um, I can extend that out if you want. I said, I can I can hold it open. I said, you know, we, we want you so badly, I'll hold that open for at least a month for you. And he said, look, thanks very much. It's been really interesting. Really appreciate what you've done for me. And off we went. And I, I just said, I said, could you just phone me after you've been to the the meeting tomorrow uh, with, with, just to let me know? And I, I won't I won't publicise it or anything, but just to let me know it's closed so that I can go, you know, pursuing other drivers. But you're our first choice. Well, he phoned me the next morning and said, George, I've cancelled my trip to Citroen. So it's going to be a couple of weeks until I've decided, but your offer is very interesting to us and and um it went on like that for about four or five weeks he called me he called me once or twice a week to let me know that that he was still holding the, the subaru option but um it basically what what happened was he went back to citron and he got paid the same as we were offering him but that cost citron probably you know five or six million pounds worth of their rally budget had to be paid to the driver now instead instead of going into the rally car because i think they were just paying them hundreds of thousands of dollars as opposed to millions of euros wow. by comparison anyway at the end of it all seb 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 very kindly they, uh, when he called me to say look george just to let you know i have now signed for citron i said look that's brilliant i think you've made a great decision you know i'd, I'd have loved to work with you it would have been amazing but you know for you personally you know, I think it's a good shout, and and the Citroen team is brilliant with a great engineer. So you know, 
congratulations for that. And I, you know, we 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 talked about his lifetime earnings a little bit, and he said, George, maybe you should be my manager. And I said, well, I said, I think sadly, uh, said we both know that I've already done the biggest management job of my life, and I'm not on a percentage here. <laughs> and, and, he, and I said, I said, but if you do want a manager, I am completely available. You know how I work. I'm very determined. I promise you. You know, you you've seen the you know the more relaxed off event side of me here. Uh, I said, you know, I, I I like to have fun. I like to to enjoy the events, but I'm also very focused on doing a good job. And you know, if if you wanted a manager, but I said I, I genuinely don't think you need one. So you know, my my first job to you as a manager is telling you you don't need me. So I've done it for free already for you. And that was that. And and we we he, I mean you well you've seen how Seb behaves around me, Colin. When he, he's yeah, like yeah. he's he's very nice with everyone, but he always makes a point of stopping what he's doing, comes across and says hello, shakes my hand, and uh, yeah. and and on his way. Um, I judge. I tell you what, I, I do absolutely. Was that a good love enough story? story? Was, that, was that a good story? No, it, listen, it was it was it was a story that was that was well worthy of complete silence from me and Luke, because it is okay. one of those insights that that so so few people in the world of motorsport, yeah. you know, are, are privileged to actually be part of. But you have told me that story before, but I, I, I'll listen to it a million times. I don't care. Um, but what I find fascinating is that you guys, from discussions we've had, you never really expected to get him. And it wouldn't really have mattered. You always knew that Citroen would actually, because obviously ProDrive and Citroen understood what they had with Sebastian Loeb and, and yep. you knew they were going to pay him whatever it was you offered him and, and as you rightly said just a minute or two ago you know, every penny that was spent on his salary was a penny less they would spend on the development of their car uh, it was in some ways it was a very clever approach from you guys yeah well I have to say I wasn't the architect of that I was I was just the uh, I was just the the hammer blow that drove it all in really um <laughs> But uh, you know, it, it, it was it was. Look, I mean, you, you played for every advantage you could when you were a team manager. You know, you, you look at everything you can do. Can I do this? Can I do that? And I remember having opportunity to have helicopters on events, and we forwent them because we would have more service teams instead. We would put our budget into that. So it's always a question of where the money went. And I always remember people saying when I was at Toyota, Toyota had a huge budget. We were the only team there without a helicopter. You know, M Sport had a helicopter, ProDrive had a helicopter, Lancia had a helicopter. You know, even even Mazda when they were around in the in the late 80s, um, they had a helicopter. We never had a helicopter on European rallies. We did eventually, but just just to get just to get the as the, as the as we ended up with more cars on events, we just had to put a couple of key engineers and a helicopter running them around, but it was absolutely minimal by comparison. All rallying, one source. By now, you know that Dirtfish.com is the place to go for all of your rallying news. But when it's time to try your hand behind the wheel, just join us here at Dirtfish Rally School, nestled in the Cascade Mountains in Snoqualmie, Washington. Whether you're a pro seeking extra seat time or a novice looking to get started, we've got programs tailored to all rallying needs. And when you want to watch the best in the world, just head over to our YouTube channel. Our coverage of the WRC and American rallying is second to none. Follow us at Dirtfish Rally across all social media platforms and shop the latest looks in our merchandise store now. As always, rally on. Uh, Luke, what else is happening this week that we should be talking about? <laughs> to be honest, I don't want to disrespect this weekend's up 
upcoming World Rally Championship run, but it feels a bit disappointing after that amazing story, doesn't it? <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> but yeah, we are, we are in a, a WRC week this week, Rally Japan at the weekend's call, and I actually think by the time this goes out, you may be looking at on the plane, on the way to mm. Japan itself, or landing, I don't know your schedule. Um, uh, you can... Yeah, what's Japan, George? About six hours in front, seven hours in front? It's a bit more than uh, that, isn't it? No, seven, eight, eight, to eight, eight or hours, nine. Crumbs. Eight or nine. Uh, yeah. So, no, I'll nine still at this be... point, I think, yeah. I'll be on. I might be in Hong Kong at this time when this this is going out. Are you week. Are you I, having a couple of days there, Colin? No, I wish I was. No, no, I've got a, a two hour, two and a half hour stopover, and then a, a quick quick jump from. And we've pulled a real flanker here from Hong Kong to Nagoya. Saves us. Everyone else seems to fly into Tokyo. Nobody seems yeah. to fly into Nagoya. Now, I oh, might find there's a very good reason for that. You, you, you've missed, you've missed the, the fun on the bullet train, which is great fun to go uh, down on the bullet yeah, train. Yeah, no, it's great fun, but it can be it can be a bit of a bit of a schlep to get across town with, with your baggage and things like that. So, yeah, we're all flying into Nagoya. So, yeah, I'll just about be there by this time next week. And I'm looking forward to it. I have to say, really, really looking forward to last year, the return of Rally Japan after many, many years out of the championship. Mm-hmm. But it just gives something so different, Luke, doesn't it? It gives, you know, it's a different challenge. You know, sporting-wise, it's a very different challenge. The roads there, yes, they're tarmac, but they've got a very distinct personality. But it's, it's not just that. It's the personality of the event itself that I love. It's just different. It's just so much colour yeah. and so much fun around it, Luke. Super manicured roads, I think, is how I would describe them, Colin. George, have you changed your name again? <laughs> no, but sorry, I was, again, I, just, I was just con- contributing. I was just dropping that in as Luke was about to speak. Apologies, Luke. I, I, I know, actually, oh, I know it's happening. I've called somebody about twice in that question. And then George comes in. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in, in fairness, I haven't got too much more to add to beyond what you said there, George. The only thing I was going to say, and it's just essentially a summary of what Colin said, but it's unique, isn't it? There is nowhere else in the world of rallying or probably in the world anywhere that is like Japan. Japan is just Japan. Everybody knows it and I think anybody that's fans of Formula One will see the the passionate crowds you get at the race. It's the same with the rally and they're so respectful as well. That's what I love. And you can see how much it makes their day just to see their heroes. If they get an autograph or a selfie, it's like their entire world has been made. It's beautiful to see that kind of stuff. And as you say, the rules themselves are unlike anything else you'll find across the year so it's a very different challenge at the world face i guess the only sad thing is we haven't yet had this rally playing any kind of championship permutations both of the last two years it's been in toyota and robin Perra have done the challenges before then so in a way that's probably actually a good thing for them because can you imagine if you're toyota for example with the pressure to win as it is at home event to have a challenge on the line would be immeasurable <laughs> stress i guess yeah. for everybody involved but I guess Toyota is one of the key interest points this week because we all know what happened last year with, with Hyundai ending up taking the win. If you look at the results, I guess that makes it seem like Toyota weren't competitive. They were competitive, it just didn't quite work out, but there'll definitely be a lot of people in that team that are desperate to get that, that elusive first victory on home soil. Yeah, totally. George, how much pressure did you feel at, at Subaru to deliver a win on, on home soil in Japan? Does it... Uh, you know, does it add to the, the challenge well, as a team uh, going uh, there, uh, Japanese from, team? As, uh, the, the team, absolutely. We were so anxious to always do supremely well there. Uh, it was a huge pressure for us. But in fairness, our, our Japanese colleagues, you know, our masters, they didn't, they didn't uh, pressure us overly. 
um, there was there was maybe there, there was definitely comments saying you know it would be massive it would be very important to win this but but you know the, um, all the people at STI at Subaru they, they were intelligent motorsport people with a huge amount of heritage in the sport and they were not they were not um, unrealistic about it at all far from mm. it um, y yes it hurts massively when you get beaten by you know Hyundai that must have hurt that must have really really stung the team but i imagine that the toyota people themselves uh, you know mr toyota he's very very competitive too and i'm sure it's stung as well but but nobody's got you know nobody's saying you'll win this or you've not got a job i didn't see anyone losing their job for that or anything like that it's it's no, not like that. The they're, the they're pretty one, George, intelligent the only one that lost his job was julia monse who delivered a, a remarkable result in japan for hyundai who delivered yeah. A remarkable year for Hyundai. Mm -hmm. You know, from a dog of a car to a car that won more rallies last year than it's ever won in the championship, and he got yeah. the sack. Did bizarre. he actually get? That did he get, Did he get? He left the well, company altogether. No, that that's that's maybe a little bit spurious saying that mm -hmm. he didn't get the sack. Sorry, apologies. I withdraw that comment. Okay. Um, he lost his job as team principal. Right. Uh, acting so, team yeah, principal. Yeah. Yeah. So acting team principal. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. No, it's interesting. I mean, look. You, you said that they didn't underperform. How did you put it? You put it very diplomatically, Luke. Um, you know, they didn't <laughs> get the result they wanted, but they weren't outperformed last year. You know, we've got to really look at three of the four Toyota drivers as potential, as, as, as probably three of the four favourites this weekend Colin. as well. The, 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 dynamic, the dynamic between our top three, and you could put Katsuta in there as well, uh, but the dynamic between those three drivers wanting to deliver... Wanting to deliver that 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 win on home soil, um, for me it's 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 you know gloves off guys. We are going for it here. It's every man for himself this weekend in Toyota to deliver that result. I'm going to give some credit here to oh sorry George, just quickly. I'm, I'm going to give some credit here to our videographer Elliot, and I probably shouldn't do this because I give him a lot of compliments. He doesn't need any more from me, but he did make this good point when we were having a discussion about something else. Essentially, what you're referencing there, Colin. And, all the Toyota drivers will be desperate to be the ones, or you'd think would be desperate to be the ones that deliver that home win because it means so much to everybody. And with nothing on the line, literally it is every man for themselves this weekend. As we said, there, there are no chapters to think about. You've got Robin Perry, you've got Edmunds, you've got Ozzy, you've got potentially Taka. They're, they're all there, hungry to do well. And, and they've all got something to, I guess, avenge. Everyone's talked about it a lot, about making up what happened last year and you had that unfortunate incident where they had to change a wheel on the final day. OJ got a puncture, I think, on the first full-length stage, so that bit him out. Robin Perry was just a little bit off-colour last year, in fairness, and he'll be determined to put up a better showing. Taka got a podium, would obviously like to go higher, so they've all got their reasons, and there's all, sorry, there's reason to believe they can all do it as well. So you're right, yep. I think all four of them, particularly the, the three drivers points for Toyota, but I think it is fair to include Taka in there as well. I think all four of them have to be considered as, as contenders. Yeah, mm. and and therein therein lies the interesting uh, the interesting tactical situation yeah. is you've got all four drivers desperate to to really you know produce that result, are all four of them off by first service? So how do you, how do you manage that? You can't ask them to go slow. Um, you would just ask them to behave as they normally would because they're a very professional team that don't do team orders, blah, 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 blah. But actually, you really need to secure yourself 
with well, maybe you don't do a team strategy, but you do go over the individual driver strategy, 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 to make sure that you know if 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 Neuville goes off like a scalded rabbit, which is most unusual because he normally doesn't go off like a scalded rabbit until about lunchtime on the first day or even the second day. But if he goes off like a scalded rabbit really fast, you will you do need one driver to follow it, to keep the pressure on him, to, to, to follow it in case he just doesn't go off to follow. Who would you set to do that of the of the of the four drivers? Who would you set to George, do that? George, this this was going to be my point entirely. We talk mm. about clearly uh, your Kyle of Pera and, and, and you know, he's got nothing to lose. Evans has got quite a lot to prove. Ogier, well, he just wants to win. Um, you know, but the man who's going to win is Thierry Neuville, in my view. You know, because of more or less what you're saying, George. It's yeah. you know, I, I do really appreciate this no team tactics approach, and I appreciate it at Volkswagen. I appreciate the thinking and the reasoning behind it, but you know, there has to be an exception to rules like that. You know, when 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 the greater good is at stake, yes. you know, there has to be a situation. Yes that actually merits team orders. It was uh, a 1-2 uh, last year for Hyundai. They can't let that happen this year. Absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. not. And, 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 yeah, fair enough. Give them all their head. Tell them all they can, they can go off and you know, do what they want and push mm -hmm. as hard as they want to win. But the consequence of that potentially is not quite catastrophic. I can't even say your word, George. Catastrophic. Catastrophic. Yeah, that's it. Uh, catastrophic. <laughs> but not far off it. And, and I, can, I can really really quite clearly see a situation where Neuville repeats last year's performance and, and, yeah, and comes through not the quickest driver of the weekend, the cleverest driver of the weekend because mm -hmm. the conditions are challenging. You'll remember the number of mistakes that we saw on the Friday last year. There was loads of them. You know, it yeah. requires a cool, calm, level head on the Friday to allow yourself then to push on, as Neuville did last year, uh, and take advantage of, of the issues that arose to take the win there, I can easily see him doing it again. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it certainly would. You, you wouldn't. He wouldn't be out the top three in anybody's list, would he? Oh, can you hear my donkey? By the way, can you hear my no, donkey? I no, I can't hear your oh. donkey. He's making quite a noise. That was the most, be that was like the most beautiful segue. Oh, I tell you, <laughs> I love donkeys. I've discovered a love for donkeys, George. They are the sweetest beasts in the whole uh, world. I understand, so I understand, but I've never had much contact with, with oh. donkeys on any personal level, Colin, so I have to I, bow you, to your knowledge, and, and I'm desperate to come and see your donkey. You're welcome any time, George. <laughs> you know what I've discovered? I don't particularly like horses. I don't see... Horses scare me, right? They're, they're scary big beasts. But donkeys have such character, and they, they genuinely they love it when you sing to them. They absolutely Oh, my love God, that's why you genuinely. like donkeys. You find someone. So basically, Colin, can can you get the message here? Nobody else likes your singing except donkeys. Apart, apart from Jack the donkey. <laughs> if you if you go across and you've got a glass of red wine and you sing a song to him, that's it. You're his best mate forever. He loves and the smell of red wine and he loves my singing to him. Do, do I mean, you dip your bizarre. fingers into it and rub a wee bit round his gums or anything? Does he like the taste? I, I, I've never done that, George. That would be animal cruelty, and, and I, would wouldn't, it? I wouldn't do would that. Would it be cruelty? Because <laughs> you know elephants, elephants singing. get drunk on, uh, do they? on on ripe fruit, apparently. <laughs> I'm not sure whether it's in India or Africa, but, but there's, ripe, there's ripe fruit and elephants can get drunk. 
and it doesn't wow. do them doesn't necessarily do them any harm they, they probably quite like it a bit like humans maybe donkeys yeah. will be the same maybe that's yeah, what they're I'm... actually saying to you your singing's okay but give us a glass of wine you so and so you know you're probably right anyway only, anyway, I was gonna say, just... only on spin the rag pod could you go within two minutes from tierneyville to drunk elvins <laughs> singing donkeys, and donkeys. <laughs> that was amazing to listen to i have to say well, you, yeah, can imagine, you can imagine what it's like for, for when colin and i were on a rally if we weren't arguing, we were just laughing our heads off about any nonsense we could have done. And there was quite a lot of arguments, but there were... Well, not arguments, friendly arguments. There were friendly uh, discussions, arguments for the most Discussions. Part, yeah. we, we only really had one or two arguments. Yeah, um, yeah. One, one in Uvascular. <laughs> remember that terrible one in Uvascular? I do not remember no. that. Tell me about that one. Oh, that, that George, remember story. in the little Chinese restaurant with you and all your American friends? What happened there? I, I can't, can't recall for the life of me what it was about. We, we had we had a screaming match, screaming no, match. I don't scream. We did. You, oh, George, you did. Oh, you did. You were you really? were in your. So he, here's the thing. You were you were you were kind of uh, you, telling your stories as you always do, but you're a bit like me in times. You do love an audience, and you were playing up to your American audience, and you were talking some nonsense. So I just pointed out you were talking nonsense, and it just went off. It completely went off. And you raised your voice. That. I don't Do you know? Oh my no, goodness! It, it would have just been—it would have just been grandstanding for fun, exactly what you said. It was. Probably, it was. Yeah. It was a bit of grandstanding yeah. and a bit yeah. of you know, you know, great yeah, fun. a little great bit fun. of yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great fun, uh, but but Absolutely. no, we, we didn't have too many arguments. Thank goodness. But it was mm -hmm. always fun. It was always fun. Yeah. Uh, back to Japan, boys. Back to Japan. <laughs> so, uh, I'm setting my stall out and saying that, and I, was, I said this before CER that I expected Nouvelle to put something a little extra in for CER and for Japan because I think he's setting his stall out to be, you know, team leader next year. Now, we'll ask Mr. Abitable about his comments about Oik Tanak effectively being his max for Stappen. And that, that, to me, says Oik Tanak's my number one. We'll ask him about that next week mm, when we yeah. get to Japan. But I, I think I think that, you know, Thierry Neuville is setting himself up nicely to say, yeah, you know, I'm your best chance next year. Uh, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, OK, there may be no team orders, not for the first few rallies. But Neuville needs another good result. And I can see him winning this one. I really can. So we'll see. But the challenge, let's, let's talk about the challenge, George, because, you know, Japan, the challenge used to be, you know, the rutted stages when we were up north uh, on mm -hmm. the island of Hokkaido. Uh, these stages are quite different. They, they can be really quite testing. It's, it's, you know, they're narrow, they're twisted. The tarmac tends to be good, but it can be very, very slippery. And there are those big... Ditches, drainage yes, ditches. Yes. So we we don't get much cutting. As, you only, I, as, you I, as I said earlier, Colin, when when I was when I was emulating Luke uh, and and stealing his thunder, they're very manicured roads. They're everything. You know, there's no there's no such thing as just an edge of the road that goes into a ditch. It's manicured down there. There'll be there'll be stones. There'll be a gradient on it. It'll be machined concrete in there. Everything is is manicured. So it means that. A lot of the edges are very, very hard. That you know, there's a puncture right at the edge of the road, and and you know, well, we saw that last year. I think with, uh, with, with, um, obviously with Ogier and with Elfin, didn't we? They, yeah, they, yeah, they we touched did. things and got punctures, and and that's what that road's like. Um, so there, yeah, there's fine, fine edges where you just cannot take too much. Um, and uh, you know, if you think of Thierry, who's able to push right out to the limit. It's not a place that I would normally have considered would favour him because there's a man that likes to take liberties with the edge of a road and play mm. on his luck uh, and, and beautifully done, you know, unbelievably managed. 
So his, his, I would have suggested that he was the one that would have got closer to that type of thing, but he was the one that didn't last year. So, you know, good on him. And the other one yeah. that did so well last year, of course, was 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 Katsu. Yeah. You know, he, he yeah. did an incredible job. Um, and you know, let's not forget. I mean, he's he's not had the best of years, but every event he does, he grows. He's always there or thereabouts, or gets himself into the frame at some point in the event. It's all about building that experience. You know, maybe in two or three years' time, uh, we can expect to see him pushing closer and closer to the front and getting there on pace. You know, a, a, a win will, will will probably come his way, maybe more than one. He's capable yeah. of it. Um, no, he's very uh, capable. He's very, uh, very uh, capable. Uh, you know, with the experience, but you do need to get, garner, garner that experience. But what he did show here last year was a great deal of maturity and experience. And, you know, that's managed to lift himself for your home event you know mm. if you can do it for your home event you can do it anywhere so uh, especially in a tough event like this you know very very technical very twisty not necessarily super high speed uh, but um you know you certainly cannot put yourself you know you can't put yourself 10 centimeters off the line you know half a wheel yeah. you know quarter of a wheel wheel out of line and you're going to have a puncture and and you know and you will need to be within that everywhere to be fast so you know the, the margins are incredibly small everywhere but you know they really are. You, you, you make pace notes you can figure those things out you've got the videos um hopefully uh, i mean I'm, I'm wondering when someone starts to use ai to interpret the road that'll be an interesting <laughs> one that could be another <laughs> podcast because there are massive options to do something incredible with pace notes and there's nothing limiting any driver from doing that, any team doing that within the car, in my view right now. But and and I'm not saying that the co-driver will be replaced. Far from it. But but it, it could it the there can be an enhanced, um, an enhanced, visual in the car. I think for the driver there definitely can be a bit more in there, and their notes could be, could be tailored by, just careful video interpretation now. It's, it's. Uh, I don't. You'd, you'd need a team of people to do it if you were doing it, without. You know, if you were needing people, if you brought three or four people to start to interpret videos to see where could you cut and where couldn't you, and to to, to modify the notes, um, uh, you might get close to it. But I would have thought AI would have had a great chance to do it, especially. You know, there's nothing to stop you going through the the stages in your recce car, laser scanning the entire road. You know, lidar lidar scanning the road. Which is, which is going to reveal a really? lot more than the Mark One eyeball will. Look, this is definitely a discussion for another day, but but mm. there is nothing to stop you doing that, George. No, nothing at all. Wow, it's quite well. Not that I know of. Right. As right. I think if someone starts doing it and yields an incredible result, then then it'll soon stop. <laughs> yeah, be, no, that's for sure. There'll be cries that's for of sure. fun. No, all these things are—they're they're exciting and they're scary in equal measures for me. Um, you know. So again, yeah, let's discuss that at another point, George, because you've you've raised some really 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 thought-provoking uh, ideas issues there so yeah i'm kellen koshal and i just did my first dirtfish course which was the one day women's course my biggest surprise was how calm it could be in the car and the calmer i was the faster i could make the car go the surprising thing about driving was that it wasn't necessarily a mental thing i had to really get out of my head and into my body more and i just felt a little more comfortable doing that for the first time around a group of women but i will say 
I do feel like I could do any of the dirt fish courses now. I kind of know what to expect and you know, hopefully more women get into motorsports and then any day could be an all women's day if just enough of us are in the sport. If I were talking to someone who was thinking about taking a class, was kind of on the fence, it would be, you know, what are you waiting for? It's such a fun experience. Um, you're gonna really learn something and you're gonna push your limits and maybe you'll even have some more confidence. Look, let's go back to what George was saying previous to his AI, once again, slight curveball. Um, <laughs> from, from what George was saying about this, the, the condition of the roads, the approach, it, it kind of suggests to me that, again, a tactical approach. And, and you know, when we talk tactical, it's, it's tactical for that, that final quarter of a percent, isn't it, really? That's all you can do. It's, you know, if, unless you're 99.5%, you ain't going to win the rally, whether you're tactical or not. Um, but it does suggest that you know maybe a slightly tactical approach could be needed here this weekend. And who's it going to come from? Look, who is it going to come from? Who is going to win it? You got me with that question, and I haven't had a chance to think about it. Um, in fairness, your Thierry Newville shout from earlier, I think, is very, very hard to dispute. I think last year is an obvious thing to call on. They say, well, we won it last year, so you can do it again. Realistically, we know there's five or six doors that can win any round. So, in a way, that's a really daft thing to say. But I think Thierry wants this a lot. I would argue he wants it just as much as other two or drivers do, potentially even more. So, I think he does quite enjoy, particularly if he's lost out on the championship, he does quite enjoy rubbing salt where he can. Um, yeah. So, I think he'll be very determined to try it. And as you say, for the aforementioned reasons of, I guess, proving the point relative to Tanak as well, I think there'll be some potentially extra motivation. I fancy Elvin for this one. Um, Perhaps that's a bullshit, I don't know, but I, I really do. For everything you're saying, I think he is one of the, and I, I genuinely think it's an underrated skill of his, but I think he's one of the most shrewd drivers we've got in the entire field. He always thinks of what he's doing. Sometimes that can maybe work to his detriment, and he potentially thinks too much about things, but he just needs to drive it. But I think here, with everything you said, and all the different complications, yes, you have to be fast to win, but you can, it's not like a Finland or an Estonia where it's literally the fastest guys from A to B will win. There's going to be curveballs <laughs> this weekend. We know yeah. that from what happened last year. So, uh, yeah, I, I can see Elvin having a good result. Part of me thinks, and I'm maybe hoping for it, I think it would be some quite nice early 2020s nostalgia, if that's such a thing. A little bit of an OJ Evans battle would be quite entertaining. A bit of a hark back to few years ago when they were fighting for championships um, yeah I, I agree with everything you're saying I think this rally and it's what interested me last year apart from having to stay up through the night to follow it which isn't the easiest if you're on a UK European time zone like I will be yeah. um, there is there's so much to catch drivers out and I think we saw it with Roman Perra the mistake he made last year wasn't big but the consequences are huge because there's no room to play with any mistake will be punished absolutely Absolutely. George, what do you reckon? Who, who should we be watching then? Who's going to well, win it? Well, we, we know that Thierry is going to be fiercely, fiercely uh, competitive and determined here. But there will be nobody more determined than Sebastian Ogier. Yeah. He will I'm be so, well. so... He will be steely, steely cold, laser sharp on this one. Um uh, this will, I mean, I think this will reveal if he's still got it, which I think he has. I don't think there's any doubt about that. That's maybe the wrong thing to say. But I think he will be steely determined. And I don't think he necessarily pays much heed to the concept of team input for strategy, personal strategy at least, 
for him. He's only there to win, George. He's, he's only, only there, there to for, win. Yeah, you know. absolutely. And that's fair enough. You know, that's what he's employed right. to do. And that doesn't yeah. work well in a team environment over the year. But this is the last event when there's nothing to play for. So yeah. I think it's going to be, you know, he's yeah. the one that's going to follow. He's the one that's going to go for it. I think that um, this is a great opportunity for both um, both young Mr. Rovenpera and, and slightly older Mr. Evans to sit there and say, we're going to show you that we can just sit on your heels and pick up the debris, mate, you know, <laughs> just to see. You make well, a mistake, we'll have you. You know, we'll try and out clever Let's you. hope it's not tire debris. Let's hope he doesn't have any issues <laughs> well, with the tires on this I think one. It, I think it will messy. be. I saw that. But, 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 I mean, here, you know, there are these, you know, very heavily curbed roads. And then there's yeah. these incredible storm drains they have, which go off at a you know, about a 40 degree angle off the side of the road, concrete down to a, a 90 degree culvert that just sits yeah. off at that angle. Great for potentially cutting, but also potentially for cutting a tyre. And especially if you go in too deep, there'd be a really good chance it could roll a tyre off the rim. I would have thought. I might be a wee bit wrong with that, like I say. George, you've got to be brave if you're going to put a wheel into those, those storm drains. Yeah, you really do. Yeah, um, yeah. What it does mean, what it does mean, normally on tarmac, we look at tarmac events and say, well, First on the road, there's a huge advantage uh, because because of the cutting, because of the mess yep. that comes out. Generally, there's there's very 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 little cutting on this event in terms of muddy cutting. You know, you're not actually yep. getting off the road and into the soft verges. You're not pulling rubbish out onto the road. What there could be is there could be an awful lot of leaf foliage around. You know, fallen mm -hmm. leaves that might make it interesting in places. Well, it might be uh, it might be the reverse of normal then, Colin. On that basis, mightn't it? You well, know, we'll, could. Get, we'll get green roads almost, and, and the we rally could. cars really will be putting could. down rubber and effectively cleaning a line more than, than dirtying it up. That's quite possible. That really yeah. is quite possible. So it, it, could, it could be interesting, the dynamic there. But I tell you what, you know, there's, there's a great battle at the front, uh, for sure, and I think it's a really difficult one to call. But the one driver that I want to see getting on the podium, one driver, because it could well be his last WRC event, could well be. We don't know yet because we've not heard yeah. what the final uh, lineup is for Hyundai next year. But Danny Sordo, uh, you know, everybody loves Danny Sordo. Danny Sordo is one of the nicest guys in rallying, one of the most talented drivers we've seen. He's been more or less in the championship for very close to 20 seasons now. And there aren't many people in history that can say that, that they, that they had you know, a factory drive time is not a full-time factory drive, but a factory drive more or less every year for nearly 20 seasons. Uh, I would absolutely love to see Sordo just getting it together this weekend, putting in a good performance, and you're finding himself on that podium at the end of the rally. It'd be great to see. It would be the fitting way, if this is, if this is to be the end, it would be... I think Danny Sordo is the podium meister, isn't he? So I think for that to be... And I'm thinking about it, and someone's going to correct me, and I might stall myself while I check EWRC, but I'm sure you mentioned how many seasons Stono's done. I'm convinced since 2006 when he started in a World Rally Cup, he's on a podium every single year, at least one, which can't be something many have done, um, nope. if that is true. Um, potentially something like Lowe could have done. I don't think Ogier has. Um, I can't remember his 2009 if he did, maybe he did, but that's a very exclusive club to be in, and for that length of time is crazy. I think we forget just how long he's been around the WRC. He's like he's like a bit of the furniture, he's a bit of a given that Danny Sordo will just be there. 
But you think back to his early times in 2006 when he just won the junior championship and how much he's progressed, how much he's he's matured over that time. Yeah, it's. I really hope it's not the last we see of him. Um, but if it is, I'm completely with you. It would be a really, really heartwarming thing to see him get on the podium. But I guess for him, he'd be happy to get beyond a few stages, <laughs> given what happened yeah, last yeah. year. Um, yeah, Yes, yes, we were there. Dirtfish were there on the scene as that mm. car burned to a horrible smouldering wreck of phosphorus melted, and all sorts of rubbish. It was horrible. Steel it melted steel oh, and oh, melted batteries, yeah. George. It shocking. was horrible. Uh, really, really shocking. It was. Um, Danny Sordo, right. I think I might have mentioned this on the last pod, but I am perplexed by all of this at High Hyundai. I am perplexed. They've got two full-time drivers. It looks as if the third driver is going to be a part-time drive, perhaps, you know, a shared car. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, if, if you're going to share the car, you cannot share it with two fins. You can't. You absolutely no. can't. No, not, no. not if you want to get the maximum out of that car, which is that car has to deliver points. It has to deliver security. You know, that's what it's there to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and with two fins in it, no, absolutely not. So why you would be discarding the reliability, the consistency, the experience... The skill of Danny Sordo is still beyond me. And a lot of people will say, well, he's had his time. Let him move on. Give someone else the opportunity. Yeah. You know, it's a cold, but. hard world out there where manufacturers need to deliver titles. And right now, you know, if you've got a shared driver who comes in for certain events, for me, Sordo's the man that's there. And he's, he's, the, he's the man that I would pick above just about anyone else that's available. It's bizarre. I find it bizarre. Anyway, it is it is surprising, but based based on what we've seen this year, you know, uh, it would be fair to say Essa Pekka hasn't delivered uh, as as he promised, as he looked like he would at the beginning of the year. He's he slipped back to his slightly errant ways. So yep. that's not. I don't think that's horribly unfair of me to say that. Not, and, not unfair. And every, in I'm sure all our listeners must know how sympathetic I am towards any up-and-coming driver, and, and I think Esapeka still is an up-and-coming driver. I think he's yet to realise his full potential, and I think he's quite clearly capable of doing it. There needs to be a step change in the way he approaches things, because quite clearly the way he's approaching things now is not delivering the results. So mm-hmm. it's, it's him that needs to change. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, many drivers have, have achieved that change. Marcus Gronholm achieved that change and became a top driver. And he had not been prior to, 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 to changing, you know. They made the step changes and it, it's happened It's happened across the board. Petter Solberg achieved a step change. Petter Solberg always used to have huge moments and hemorrhage time on the first morning of every rally. He did that for the first year and a half, two years at Subaru. And then we, we simply had to point this out to him in fairly forceful terms. Um, or yeah, it was, it, That's not forceful terms, it was clear terms is what it was with them and just point out this is what's happening look it's the same every rally and he hadn't realized so go out and drive like a granny for the first three stages please Mm. and come back to service without any problems you may be 10 or 15 seconds behind but you will not be 45 seconds behind which is what you're doing on every other rally because you've damaged your car and then you can't really recover throughout the day until we get you know main service at the end of the day so many drivers have made the step change Esapeka needs to in fairness, um, the other youngster there has kind yeah. of, Sunan has kind of uh, come a bit better this year, I would suggest. Um, he's, 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 
he's started the delivery. He's had the still had the old little mistake. I'll forgive him the one mistake he made in Chile. In, in Chile, um, yeah. pretty expensive yeah. mistake, but I'll forgive him that one. Um, yeah. Oddly enough, uh, because it was only one under a lot of pressure. So I think he's kind of uh, done okay. Um, but between the two, Colin, you're absolutely right. I mean, I don't think either of them are a great third driver choice in Hyundai right now. They're not. Mm. They're not the maximum anyway. That's for sure. And well, that that's not fair to say. But how how would you go past Danny Sorda, who would easily, potentially, on on what we've seen this year, could potentially out deliver on them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting cool. dynamic, and yeah. we'll, we'll find out more. We're going to ask lots and lots more questions yeah. of uh, Mr. Abitable, that's for You're sure. You're going to make us do a top three now, Colin. I am, George. I am. I am. Yes, I am. And I'm giving you warning. You've got a five-second warning, Luke, because I'm coming to you first. <laughs> top three for the weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a hugely interesting weekend. There's an awful lot still to be uh, You decided in terms of next year, particularly with, with Hyundai. So we will do our very best to get a little bit more info. And who knows, they may tell us direct what their lineup's going to be next year at some point during the course of the weekend. Now, was that enough of a ramble, Luke, to give you time to give us uh, your top three? That was, Colin, yep. And I, Good. to be honest, my mind keeps changing. The Nouveau argument was strong. George's OG argument was very strong, but I did say Alvin, so I'll sit with Alvin as first. But I'm going to complete my podium with Seb and Thierry. I'm going to put Seb second and Thierry third. Okie dokie. Seb, Seb. So, so, go on. Say it again. So, so you've stuck so, with Elvin, Seb, Thierry. Uh, yeah, Elvin's always in your bill. Yeah, one, two, three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. George? I'm going to go with a Toyota lockout. Ooh. Yeah, so it's going Ooh. to be it's going to be Seb Auger, it's going to be Elfin Evans, and then it's going to be Caller of Imperat. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and you know what? It might even be a top four lockout because maybe, maybe Mr. Katsuta could be fourth. Goes completely against everything we discussed earlier on, but that's yeah, fine. No. That's fine. George has the curveball in the stand. So I'm going to go. I am going to go. I'm going to say that, that OGA's uh, all-out style will pay dividends, but I'm not going to put him down for the win. I'm going to stick with Nouvelle. Nouvelle for the win, OGA second, and I am going to put, because it may be the last opportunity I get to put him on the podium, I am going to put Danny Sordo on the podium for his final How event. loyal you are, Colin. Well, well, yes, a little bit. And, it, and it's, you know, it, if that turns out to be the result, again, it'll be an enormously disappointing one for Toyota. Um, but I just have a feeling, I have a feeling that, that Neuville will again deliver this weekend. And, and yeah. fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Well, I'm, I'm, my, my, top, my top four obviously assumes that he has been leading, but he's had a problem and slipped out of the, out of the, top, the, the top three stroke four. Potentially. Johnny, so I think he Johnny. will be unbelievably quick, but I don't think he'll hold it together. Very possible. Listen, there's so much. We've got a bit of weather. We've, we've got a bit of weather in the forecast for Friday. We know Friday mm. last year proved to be the most challenging day. It's more or less identical the loop on Friday this year as right. it was last year. So we can expect the same sort of challenging conditions out there. Okay, remember, the Friday last year was really the first look at these type of stages mm, that any yeah. of the drivers had had and, and, and I think it shocked and surprised a few of them. Um, they'll be better prepared this year but I still think with this potential weather that's coming in on Friday it could be a very, very challenging day. Listen, I think I think this, this rally has the potential to deliver a surprise result this weekend. I really, really do. I really do. Um, 
what would a surprise result be? I'm not sure, but but I think we may see a surprise this weekend. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Boys, anything else? We're, we're, yeah. we're over the hour again. I am going yeah, to get I'm, my knuckles I'm remembering that argument we had Lisa. in Javascula now, Colin, and I do think I do think it was all stage managed. <laughs> I think I was just I being remember. outraged for the sake of being outraged with you, which would have been fabulous. I do fabulous. remember storming out and sitting on the steps of the restaurant outside being absolutely mightily pissed. That's all I remember. <laughs> you did, or I did? Yeah, no, I did. You did? Oh, right, yes. okay. Anyway, okay. I, I mean, uh, it just must have been, we must have just been having fun because we did I that sort we of nonsense all the time. We did. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, anything else, boys? Look, anything from you? Nothing from me. No, just very entertaining as always. Thanks for the company. Good. Well, thank you for your company as always, Luke Barry. I've got it written down. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Very good. That's <laughs> what happens when you get old. George Donaldson, anything from you? And it's a goodbye from him. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> George, is a light. And, and again, absolutely. Uh, yeah. have, have a great time in Japan, Colin, please. We will. We absolutely yeah. will have a wonderful time. Oh, and, and just to let you know, again, for Japan, a slightly different lineup. Uh, we have Holly McRae joining us in Japan. So look out for Holly. She's going to be doing an awful lot with our socials. She'll be uh, there contributing to our videos. She'll be a big part of the team this weekend. And uh, Luke will be on station with Dirtfish Live Centre. So if you do miss anything during the course of the rally, Dirtfish Live Centre is the place to go. There'll be plenty there to keep you entertained during the course of the rally. So folks, once again, thank you very much for joining us on Spin the Rally Pod.